Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Eddie Reed, one of the editors of The Modernist, the magazine we delivered to our subscribers last month uh, in April 2020. Our conversation, like pretty much every conversation these days, begins with a little bit of a chat about the coronavirus and what life is like for Eddie at home in Manchester at the moment. But we soon get on to magazine matters and the story of how The Modernist was launched 11 years ago. When a small independent magazine has been around for as long as that, I always think it's fascinating to hear how it's evolved over the years. And so Eddie talks about the limitations that they faced at the beginning and how they've gradually worked their way around those while still operating on very modest budgets. And I think anyone who runs a small magazine or probably any small business that sells stuff to people online will recognise the weird sort of stalkerish tendency to look up new customers in Google Street View. It was great fun speaking to him and filling in some of the stuff I didn't know about this lovely little magazine, so I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Eddie from The Modernist. Eddie, thanks so much for taking time to speak to us. It's my absolute pleasure, my absolute pleasure to be uh, here sharing uh, the lockdown with everybody. Ah, mate. Uh, are you one of these people for whom the lockdown means you have no time or you have uh, an excess of time? Well, uh, if anybody knows me, they, they would immediately think that I'm quite extroverted. But um, somebody who knows more about this than I do has diagnosed me, in inverted commas, as a high-functioning introvert. <laughs> uh, so, so I actually, I, I really enjoyed the first four weeks. Um because I, I, I like my own company, I like staying in, and the house got decorated. Uh, I like time spending time with my kids. But then, about two weeks ago, um, I got very frustrated because in the botanists, you know, part of our ethos is to make stuff, is mm. to produce stuff, mm. and I felt as though you know we weren't being. I personally wasn't being productive, and it was quite frustrating. And um, the magazine, the next issue of the magazine is kind of ticking on, but it's kind of, I, well, we might talk about this a bit later on, but I don't really uh, get very much in my hands dirty anymore with the magazine. Uh, so, it, you know, we have, we've got, I don't again, we'll probably talk about this a bit later, but we've got the shop now and the gallery space and that's closed. So uh, I, I, in some ways it's been great, but in other ways, just in terms of, you know, in my, my, my personal life, has been good in terms of the lockdown but you know with the magazine it's, and the society and what have you it's become a bit frustrating to be honest with it and you know I, we, I'm very very lucky other people are much worse off than me but from a you know my own standpoint is it's been quite frustrating the last couple of weeks but things are kind of you know green shoots are starting yeah. to show so yeah. uh, we, we do seem we seem to be turning a little bit of a corner at least so yeah, the, so yeah. You, you've you've talked you've mentioned already there's the magazine obviously the reason why we're talking there's also the shop and gallery there's the modernist society so yeah. for anyone who has never come across any of this before tell us what this is all about and and how it all ties together yeah well it does the the, the, the the, the society and the magazine sort of run parallel to each other. The personnel are pretty much the same people, and the ethos, if, if there is one, is kind of the same. And the society, um, 
started well 11 years ago now I still think it's like 10 years but uh, it's 11 years ago and the society kind of started as a group of uh, me Jack and uh, a girl called Maureen um, Maureen and Jack approached me uh, because they were kind of um, not frustrated but um, they wanted to celebrate Manchester because we we're a Manchester-based organisation um, which was well known for its Victorian built heritage, quite rightly so. But they thought that the 20th century stuff wasn't getting its, its, its due, uh, due worth. And when you look at the city centre and the houses we live in, the vast majority of buildings in our urban environment are 20th century. Not all of them are modernist. But, you know, most of us live in 20th century houses um, or, and work in 20th century buildings. And Manchester isn't the greatest modernist city in the world, but we have got some gems. So Jack and Maureen, they came from a more arts background and I came more from an architectural background. So they got me on board to give it some sort of uh, maybe, you know, architectural clout, which, you know, I'm more of I'm, I'm a dilettante, a charlatan even. Um, and it, we thought we were just cranks, really, three cranks, but then we soon realised there were other people out there who were interested in this, and it, and it sort of slowly, and I hate to use the word organic, but it was, it, more people got involved. And then, so the society, do, as, as you may or may not know, if uh, we do events and film screenings and talks and walks and stuff like that. And it kind of, after about a year or so, two years ago, we we realised that um, the society, we were surrounded by, like not only like-minded people but quite bright people and articulate people who kind of knew their subjects and Jack and Maureen came to me after about two years of the society where they say want to start a magazine and I was like what you know uh, this was well nine years ago when print was dead you know in big bold capital bold helvetical and print was dead I thought that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard but the beauty of the modern society is, you know, we do stupid things like that. We 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 we, we follow <laughs> follow our dreams. That sounds ridiculous. Um, we follow our daft ideas, and and usually they work. You know that 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 we have no agenda. We you know we kind of do whatever we please. So the idea of starting a magazine was um, kind of bonkers, but kind of made sense because, as I said in at the beginning, we do, we always wanted to produce stuff. We always wanted to make stuff. And we believe in the materiality of stuff and the, the you know, real stuff. And it was kind of a reaction, which, again, um, there's a dichotomy at the heart of the modernist society. There's, there's, you know, we have been accused of saying, you know, people say, well, you're the modernist society. Why are you always looking at stuff in the past? Which is true, you know, but I think they're labouring under the assumption that we, you know, we intellectualise this. Sort of, we don't. We just make it up as we go along. And we, we don't have a, you know, we don't have a... Um, hard and fast rules we just do what we like and so we kind of liked print we always liked print we've always done print and the magazine we always thought magazine and it gave us a outlet for all these nerdy niche subjects that we were into which wouldn't normally get in print and and to be honest why would you you know if you were running a successful magazine why would you do an article about tripe or bins or something like that? And we don't, you know, we don't blame publishers for doing that. But it is, you know, um, 
that you know it, it gives an outlet to people who um have got these niche nerdy subjects and 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 we kind of hope that goes and the beauty of the magazine and i think what sustained it is that it's written by it's it's read by its contributors the people who contribute to it are our target audience which limits our <laughs> which limits our audience to be honest with you but i think people feel engaged with it because it's kind of oh i didn't know there were other people who were into bins or tribe yeah, 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 or pylons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they find a common voice. So I think that's what lies in our success. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm interested in this, in getting into the bins and the tripe, because that seems to me an important part of what you're doing here, because the, the, the I guess modernism as a, a subject, it, it has the potential to be a, a very beautiful and, and particularly stylish thing and and you totally go with that the you know you 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 show beautiful uh uh building projects i know like a, a house that was built for example in the 50s or something and it's gorgeous yeah. but then there's also this kind of pathetic like layer that's running in there as well where you sort of want to not knock it down but say actually let's look at the bins as well the you know the, yeah. there's the, there's this there's a real desire to to not I feel sort of like run away with it. Well, we've always um, we've always kind of been conscious of of treading a line um, of between uh, popularism and academia, and we try hopefully to do the both. Is we will do popularist stuff because we want part of what little ethos we have is to is to uh, you know make modernism which has had a bad rap in the past make bringing people on board and to do that you have to be populist so we do that you know badges and t-shirts and stuff like that but at the same time we kind of try and back it up with a certain academic rigor so there's we hopefully we strike a balance in the magazine with you know articles and we do that very purposely because as i said earlier is we do not try to intellectualize it we don't have a problem with people doing that um you know that's academia's you know that's their their role they can do that they can write their books and what have you but we don't want to do that that's not what we're about because we're not academics for a start we're not which we're, we're, we're just enthusiasts we're, we're enthusiasts so with these um the bins and the tribe thing is that what we are convinced about and this is probably why we love modernism and when people try and ask us to explain it is that what we liked about modernism, especially like the mid-century stuff, and is that it permeated areas of life which perhaps people didn't realise it was doing, and, and that's and and they were exposed to modernism in very very subtle ways. So via bins and um, graphic design and uh, the cutlery they used, the packaging they bought from shops. And we kind of think that's been kind of lost a bit. But, you know, I'm talking to you on an iPad, um, which is kind of the pinnacle of modernist design, you know, and people use these these items every single day of their life and they probably don't realise that they are interacting with beautiful modernist design because it's become such a, a part of our lives. And we kind of miss that. We kind of miss that. And that's where the nostalgia comes into it, is that, um, you know, uh, tripe companies did use beautiful graphic design to sell their product and in the in the good old days local authorities would uh, use a, a famous architect or 
designer to design their bins, you know, which was which which we love, you know, we we love that kind of. Um, we we did a, co- a little conference last year, and it was it was called uh, for the people, and it was about the democratization of modernist design, and um, you know how modernist design uh, is the word inculcate is that the word Get, gets into people's lives, and the, sometimes they perhaps don't really know. It. And we kind of hope we do that with the magazine. You know, is that we and our publications is um, without being too um, high about it. You know, good design is important to us. So we, we, you know, we don't have a huge budget, but we, what we try and make everything we do beautiful. You know, to the best of our abilities. You know, we we don't have huge production values, but we try and everything we do, we try and design it well and make it nice, but at the same time accessible. Yeah, you know, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't want it to be a hundred pound coffee table books. Don't get me wrong; I love hundred pound coffee table books, but we try and keep the price down, and we try and make it accessible. And, and we're quite conscious that people don't want it to open it up and go, "I don't get this. This is this is above me, or this is too arty farty." Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. We, we we try and strike a balance. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, well, I think you do because you. So you manage to make this thing which is absolutely accessible, but also immediately stands out so it's it's a funny shaped magazine the it's yeah. it's like a it's a tall thin magazine and you have these gate folds that open out and kind of guide the reader around stories that so what was the thinking in the first place like why make a magazine in this odd shape in the first place well this is uh, behind the the uh, the wizard of oz's curtain but I, as everybody who's involved is a volunteer Everybody contributes as a volunteer. The designers, they do it for free. The only person who gets paid is the printer. So what that means is with the the designer is they have a very, very open brief. We can't dictate to them because we're not paying them. Um, We can't dictate to them what they do. So pretty pretty much. And they, you know, they've always got all the work to do, but they always like doing it. And because they get free reign mm. and as we you know they've told us before our other designers and they love us as clients because we pretty much let them what they do <laughs> any designers <laughs> any designers this is the same we you know uh, we very rarely get involved in the design process we let them do what they want to do uh, as long as it's good uh, which can be frustrating sometimes as a publisher and as, as a client but other times we are great believers going back to what we're saying about surrounding yourself by people who are cleverer than you collaborators is leaving people to do the job that they're good at. Mm, mm. And we trust our designers. We trust our designers to do it. And that sometimes causes friction because they come to us with daft ideas about fold outs, usually expensive ideas uh, and fully shaped magazines and stuff like that. And we go, what are you talking about? And do you know what? That I hope none of them are listed, but they're usually always right. You know, <laughs> we, we, we have our own agenda and our own ideas as publishers and you know and they have their own ideas and and it's great you know it's, it's all done very amicably we have a big uh not a row a row but discussion frank and frank and open discussions about design uh, things so they came to us um with this idea when we we normally change designs every two years because as I said, we don't pay them and they're usually busy and it's kind of a good cycle. They, they, they 
do their two years. It's good for us because we get a, a constantly evolving magazine. They get their two years, um, and they, they, you know, they they have to earn a living. So we move on. So with every two years, as graphic designers being graphic designers, they want to impose their own ideas on it, and we're cool with that. We're, we're all right with that. So when we changed designers last time to Dan. He came to us and he said, I want to change the format. And we were just like, no, don't change the format. Please don't change the format. <laughs> so we had we had some long discussions. And it was very, very pra- pragmatic things. Um, initially from me, who at the time was posting them all out. And it's simple things. When you're a small independent magazine, things like posting magazines out is, is a thing. You know, you haven't got loads of staff to do mm, it. Mm. And I would say, well, now we have to find an envelope to, to fit it yeah. and stuff like that. And as it turned out, it was it was it was fine. We did find an envelope, and these are practicalities of running your own magazine. You have to, you have to think about: is it going? How much is it going to cost? Mm. You know, and all, and all these very minor things. Anyway, they, they made the very persuasive argument. And the other thing is, we've always tried to in, increase the quality of the product, if you like. Every what we call adding value to it. As I say, we, we don't take any advertising. As much as I'd love it, if somebody wants to advertise, they can do. But we don't take any advertising, so each individual magazine pays for the next one. Mm-hmm. But I always, I'm always conscious myself. I want to give the reader uh, the best possible product for uh, you know a reasonable price. Uh, you know, we can't afford full color and full gloss. So uh, when we changed the, the format, we introduced color, which was a big thing for us, uh, which is a big expense cost. Um. But we, we couldn't we couldn't go full colour without getting into the technicalities. We, we couldn't go full colour throughout the moment. We can only afford little bits of colour. So we said to the designer, how can you make the most of the small amount of colour you come? So they came back with the, the throw axe, mm. which was great for us because it gave it a, what we call a gimmick. You know, I, I can't think of a better word than a gimmick. But it also, from um, when we very first started, we uh, really struggled with good quality photography. So we had to, if you look at the first issues, there wasn't a huge amount of good photography in there. We had to be um, quite um, creative how we used images and stuff like that. But as we've gone on and our reputation has grown, we've been very lucky and people have contributed much better quality photography. And we sort of felt it was getting lost in the old format, but this with the fold-outs and what have you, it gave the photographs, which were much better quality, much more room to breathe. We Mm. could do bigger photo essays and stuff like that. So that is the you know the, the, the sign of a good designer when you give them a very constrained brief. I you can only have certain less as a colour. How you uh, utilise that in a creative way, and I think we, we kind of do that. Is you, you'll notice that the, there's not a huge amount of colour in it, but if you with the throwouts and the foldouts and what have you, it, it kind of as I said, it adds value to it. It adds it adds value to yeah, it. I, I, I love a, it. I, I, th- I think it's a lovely reading experience, and it, it you know, so the the magazine arrived for me at what would it be now? The end of March. So yeah. we were into our lockdown and everything, and the the world's going crazy. And actually, the modernist arrived for me as this beautiful little escape from this like completely like messed up twenty first century, like and step back into this in a way this simpler time where you know. People were having rows about um, planning permission on a building or something, or the like. You know, 
bins were being uh, trialled across like civic centres. It's like, oh, yeah. actually, that sounds nice. I'd quite like to yeah. live in that sort of world. Yeah. Um, say it's um, there is a certain amount of nostalgia, but what um, what we kind of um, we we kind of about modernism and the, the the movement of modernism is that it was a very positive, you know. It was a very positive thing. It was, uh, you know, there has been successes and failures, but uh, everything was done for the right reasons, mm. and it was always always done for an. And it was a, it was an ism, and it was backed up by idealism and, and utopianism. And we kind of miss that. We we think there's like what we call there's a paucity of ambition in current society. You know, we, we don't have that ambition to make the world a better place, mm. whereas uh, modernism did. Um, as I say, sometimes it failed, sometimes it succeeded, but at least the ambition was there to try and improve people's lives on a daily basis, be it through social housing, the welfare state, or better bins, mm, <laughs> similar mm, to that, you know. Mm, mm. And I think we lack that in current society, and we want to celebrate that and hopefully, you know, do our little bit to, to champion that and say, can we have this back, please? Can we have this... Uh, be it under the auspices of modernism, just you know, just make a bit, making a better world for for everybody isn't, you know, that's that's a that's a good ambition to have, I don't think, and we're not, you know, we're not ashamed of that. And saying our only tiny little part of that plan, of the planet, trying to make the magazine world a better place just by, you know, by, by making our little magazine. And and I say that's really really nice of you to say that. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm always humbled because you say it. I, we just make this up as we go along, you know, and we still are. And it really, really gives me a huge thrill when an order comes through from, you know, somewhere really, really bizarre, you know, somewhere in the middle of Australia. And I just think, yeah. who are these people? And, yeah. you know, we, we, we sell we sell more magazines in America than we do in Liverpool, which is yeah. great, great. You know, it's, it's what, no, that's no disrespect to Liverpool. It's just but when there's people in across the planet who get what we do and that really gives me a huge buzz because it is and i don't know how we get away with it sometimes you know that, yeah. that people do respond to it but it just shows you that um you know it's, it's almost it sounds really really cheesy but it's like you know a commonality across the world people get it and i love that when people get it from very different cultures very different upbringings get what we do and you know and, and they dig it and uh and, you know, and that's, when that's really when you get that order, do you then uh, put their postcode into Google Street View and have a look at their house? How did you know? Did I tell you Because it's what I do. Is it? Good. I'm glad it is just you. I'm glad it's not just me. It's just like, yes, I do. do. I'm sorry, that's probably breaking all GDPR rules. But um, when we get a, a weird order from somewhere weird, I think, who are these people? And, and I, I will either google them or go on street view and see totally. what sort of house they live in and stuff like that yeah, so, you know, I, 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 I'm not ashamed to admit that but because also is it's really really heartening and it's it's we it's it's kind of makes it makes it worthwhile because it is a struggle you know yeah. financially it's a struggle uh getting it out on time is a struggle getting it out to people and you know this this virus thing it, it it's not it's not like working down a lead mine but um it we, as I say, we're all volunteers. We're, we're not all volunteers, but you know, we do a lot of this in our own time. So when people respond to it, like what you, well, like what you've just said, I'm not just saying it's because it's you. It's when people respond to it in a really positive way, it makes it worthwhile. Mm, mm. Um, because we, you know, we, 
we don't have a, a financial agenda, you know. We're not trying to sell advertising or anything like that. And so I think just... the, the, my experience is that this is one of the filters that makes independent magazines interesting is because very few people are in it to make money. You know, so if you yeah. take that imperative away, actually you're just left with people who are doing it because they really care and because they, yeah. they really want to do it. So, so we sent out your juxtaposition issue, the one before yeah. that was your junctions issue. So yeah. which J are you going to be taking us to next? Uh, journey, which is ironic, isn't it? Because uh, we're all stuck inside, and the next one is journey. J J was really tough. Some some letters are are much easier than others, but J was really really tough. So we kind of feel uh, that the J's have all been about well juxtaposition and junction and journey. They're all very very similar in in some ways, but um, sort of journey is kind of nice because again it sounds really really cheesy, but uh, I, I have got this uh, hypothesis that uh, modernism is the only globalism that has survived. You know, maybe, maybe even South Korea and Cuba are resisting capitalism, but ism you, you can go, you could go all around the world, and you will find modernism in architecture and design all around the planet. And I think people who are into it are dotted all around the planet. So journey is kind of nice. Um, Again, we, I don't know if I'm telling you too much, but the, the next one was going to be Japan, um, which was to go to coincide with the Olympics, and that was cancelled, obviously. So it kind of didn't make sense. Mm. So we had to mm. we had to we had to go proper old school with the next one. And um, so what we've been doing recently is we've been asking guest editors. Um, normally, me and Jack used to do it as as, ed, as editors, but we've been asking guest editors to do it. And um, anyway, when Japan was cancelled, we had to go back to the old school and we've had to pull this one together. But uh, uh, again, it's, I, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but we've built a really nice reputation. And it's very rarely we ask people and they say no. Yeah. Um, as I said, we, you know, we always caveat. We always caveat and say, you know, there's no money involved here. We can't pay you. Um, and it mean quite a lot of work but everybody we've asked has said yes and it's just been beautiful it's just been really nice and um so now in terms of our pool of contributors you know with, with the guest editors that's been really nice because they brought in their own pool of 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 new people in and hopefully a new audience as well that, mm. that you know they've got their own audience and this stack thing is just you know just fantastic for us it's, it's just because we have got no marketing budget and we, we rely on word of mouth and we don't sell through huge amount of retail outlets. So we kind of have to, you know, everything's in house. So when the opportunities do stack of, of getting it into people who perhaps wouldn't normally do it mm. and the reception has been just been lovely. People are really, really nice is that we kind of understand is that it's quite a niche uh, magazine. So people who buy it, who pick it up in a retail shop, will look through it and then either buy it or they won't because they're, they're not interested. People will buy it from us because they come to us through other means. But then I, I, you might not have had some feedback. We've not had any feedback going, this is awful. I will buy money back. <laughs> no. it's, <laughs> it's, we've just had, you know, just been, uh, because there's potential for that. If, you know, if I, if, if I got it through and I wasn't into it, I just thought, why are you sending me a magazine about bins and bush shelters? What, why are you sending me this? I, I didn't sign up for this. But um, I think people, even if they're not interested in the subject matter, 
Uh, I think they appreciate the the aesthetic and the the place it's coming from. Yeah. Um, as you say, I think people who are signing up for Stack are, are into indep- independent publishing, and I say we, we we don't we go to IndieCon in in Hamburg, which is always which is always great as well because you know people will come up to us. You know, who are, who are either just names on email, or we don't even know them, and they say, "Oh, you look, we love the magazine." I said, "Well, how do you know about the magazine? It's just great." And the, we're going to say the stack thing is just great because it's getting it in front of people who perhaps wouldn't normally come across it. And as I said, the the, the feedback has just been really, really nice um, on on Instagram and stuff like that, on Twitter. It's just been really good, and yeah. I th- say it's it's all been positive. I think people like it, um, which is really good for us. It's been lovely to see. Um, and yeah, I'm man. really, really pleased that we could make it happen. So, the obviously, well, I say obviously, I'm assuming you might be a little bit delayed with getting... No. the No, Journeys is, is on course? No, 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 no. Um, again, because um, we kind of... Our production, <laughs> for want of a better word, is quite remote anyway. You know, we, we just pull everything together from people all around the world now. Mm. Our contributors come from all around the world. So it's always been done quite remotely. Uh, printer assures us that they are still printing. Um, the only thing we were kind of worried about when things start, first started going wrong was uh, distribution mm. of our own. Is that a lot of the shops shut down? So with the last one, with juxtaposition, um, a lot of the shops weren't taking the magazine, which was you know, which is unfortunate. But then we, uh, on a moral level, we didn't want to put any burden on our staff. Mm. Uh, to to go in and because uh, we do it ourselves, we send it out ourselves. We send out all that to our subscribers to ourselves. We sit in the office for a couple of days and stuff envelopes. So I didn't want to put any burden on our staff to come in and do that. But also, I didn't want to overburden the postal service with unnecessary magazines. But I think that's kind of relaxed. I think you know the fifth. You know, God bless the postal service. Uh, they're doing a fantastic job, and we think we could probably get it out. That was the only problem. Uh, we, mm. we were looking at thinking of potentially doing a digital issue but I think we'll probably get the next one out and uh, say the printer is prepared to do it it's been put in production you know it's been designed as we speak touch wood hopefully um, and it, we're, back, we're on schedule so when when will we see that? Um, maybe early June hopefully early June early June, early June I hope yeah um, from what I can tell lots of other magazines are being released you might be able to tell me better than others magazines are still getting produced are they and yeah it, it's definitely out. slowed down the, there's definitely been a real slowdown um but then it's hard to tell how much of that slowdown is in publishers not wanting to spend the money with the printer at this point because you just don't know like whether you're going to be able to make it back whether it's the printer saying that they can't print at the moment so they don't have the staff whether it's the distributors who can't distribute because they can't get into the warehouse. So there are so yeah. many places where it could get snarled up. So it's hard to tell where the problem comes. Yeah. Um, for, for us, um, it's a, about 50-50 at the minute in terms of subscribers and individual sales. Mm. Uh, so we feel, and I've always felt very obliged, uh, our subscribers are very patient. Um, I must admit, because sometimes we're, we're quite late, because <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't run, to, you know, we don't release it. We, we release it when it's ready, you yeah. know what I mean, and, and when the designer deems it worthy to be released. So sometimes we've been late, and we've never had any complaints saying, "Where's my magazine?" Um, but about half of our sales are subscribers, so I feel, 
you know, they've paid up front for their subscription, so they need to get their magazine. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a constant pressure I put on everybody. Yeah. Uh, to, to get it to get it out there and, and if it means me going and do it myself and packing them all myself I will do it because I feel obliged to the subscribers who have given us their hard-earned money mm. and uh, hopefully in the modernist for it to be on time I'm really sorry Eddie I just lost you for a little bit there so you, you basically just said uh, they've given you given you their hard-earned money. Um, would you mind just finishing that thought for us, and and then I'll say thanks and we're done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the subscribers have given us their hard-earned money, so uh, they they will get the uh, magazine come hell or high water, even if it means me coming round on my bike and delivering them by hand, <laughs> each individual one, yeah. which I do do, which I do do I, in Manchester. Uh, if it's near me, I'll come. I'll, I'll hand deliver it on my bike. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I thank you very much for uh, for being part of Stack and send the mag out with us. Um, I'm, that is my pleasure. I'm glad I didn't know about the bike service, otherwise I'd have got you to deliver all the Manchester ones for us while, while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, um, and beyond, you know. Uh, I, I don't mind going too far, especially in this nice weather. Um, yeah, well, we, we deliver, I hand deliver all the magazines to the shops in Manchester on my bike, uh, which is nice. And say, if, you, if you're if you a friend of mine or you live close, I, I'll I'll pop it through just to save ourselves one pound in postage, mainly. <laughs> Quite right, too. Um, Eddie, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us, uh, having us on this in the Stack family. Okay, that's all for this week. It is lovely to hear that Eddie and the team were pleased with the response they got from Stack subscribers. Uh, We send our magazines to a few thousand people who want us to surprise them every month. So um, I suppose it makes sense that they're a bit more broad minded and curious than the average reader. If you're not already on that list, head to stackmagazines.com and sign up for our subscription and we'll start sending our magazines your way too. We guarantee something totally different every time. So ideal for beating the boredom if you're stuck at home at the moment. I'd like to say a quick thanks to Eddie for speaking to me and of course thanks very much to you for listening to this. Uh, We're operating a reduced schedule for the podcast at the moment so if you've enjoyed this one please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks.